The Boston Bruins' record-setting home winning streak to begin the season was ended last night by Bruce Cassidy's Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to recap what was the most entertaining game of the season so far, from the third period on at least, and update the Atlantic Division Power Rankings here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Tuesday, December 6th, and I want to thank you so much for making Lockdown Bruins part of your day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So please do search up Lockdown Bruins, smash that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at Bruins. You can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. And let's begin with last night's massive game as former Boston Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy and his Vegas Golden Knights came into TD Garden, uh, put up a 3-0 lead on Jeremy Swayman and the Boston Bruins, only to see that evaporate the Bruins' Eventually tied it. Overtime solved nothing despite the Bruins getting a power play there. And then it was former Bruin Riley Smith who scored the shootout winner to secure the victory for Bruce Cassidy and his new club. After the game, Bruce Cassidy admitted that he added a bit of motivation by uh, putting some money on the board for this one. He said his players were happy to get a little money. The Cassidy College Fund went down a little bit, but he'll gladly pay it. Um, So Bruce Cassidy offering us some incentives for his players to beat his old club. The victory came without Jack Eichel or Alex Pietrangelo in the lineup. Jack Eichel was a game-time decision. with an injury that he suffered on Saturday against Detroit, Alex Pietrangelo out due to personal reasons. And the common theme after the game for the Bruins was they were just late starting. For whatever reason, they came out flat and allowed Vegas to jump out to this three-goal lead. It, it kind of reminded uh, us of the game against Ottawa back in October, where they came out flat, gave up a bunch of goals. Um, They weren't able to come back and get a point in that one. They did later on in a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And here last night, their resilience shone through. And uh, despite the fact Logan Thompson, who I mentioned yesterday with the locked-on Golden Knights guys, is... Probably the front runner for the Calder Trophy as the Rookie of the Year at the moment. He played 
uh, fantastic, especially in the second and third. But the Bruins were able to, um, yeah, tie things up and at least get a point against uh, against Vegas in this one. The Bruins allowed Vegas to score super early in this one, I believe less than a minute into it, uh, off the stick of Paul Cotter, actually 1 minute 36 seconds into the game. Jonathan Marchessault made it 2 nothing at the 5.04 mark, and then 51 seconds into the second is when Paul Cotter scored his second to give the team a 3-0 lead. Brad Marchand, David Pasternak scored before the end of the second, and then Taylor Hall, who for my money was the best Bruins forward last night, uh, tied things up early in the third, and the Bruins certainly poured it on uh, from there. Uh, They outshot Vegas 15-6 in the second, 14-9 in the third, uh, 6-1 in overtime. 43-24 43-24 overall, but just could not get that extra goal uh, and found themselves in too deep of a hole to climb out of uh, on this night. 5-on-5, uh, they had the majority of the shot attempts, uh, shots, scoring chances, high danger chances fairly early. Bruins had uh, the better expected goals, and then in all situations... Uh, the Bruins certainly seem to deserve this one. They went one for four on the power play. Kept the Golden Knights from scoring on the power play, keeping the penalty kill perfect. Uh, a 59.8 shot attempt differential for the Bruins last night. Uh, 64.2 shot differential. 60% scoring chance advantage. Uh, high danger chances, they had the majority of those as well in all situations. Expected goals, 3.91 compared to 2.42. Uh, Vegas capitalizing on their opportunities, and the Bruins could not beat Logan Thompson. That was the basic theme last night. Brad Marchand believes the Bruins can come back in any situation. Even when they're down three, they hadn't played good yet. A lot of time left in the game. It was frustrating that they let themselves get in that position. They know they're a good team. They play hard. They're an older group with a lot of experience. And they knew that they uh, needed to be ready, that Vegas would be ready. The Bruins, quite simply, did not start on time. Battled back, but needed a better start. And uh, that was a theme That was carried on by Taylor Hall as well. The start killed us, he said. It was great they battled back. Three goals, a huge hole, not something that they can rely on every time out. Getting in a hole, coming back. Again, Vegas was without Eichel and Pietrangelo. Should have been a situation where the Bruins, on home ice, took care of business. These games are going to happen. You're going to have a a bad period, a bad game from time to time. The Bruins first, you know, 25 minutes, not great, but they fought their way out, uh, showed their resilience, and Taylor Hall specifically played a fantastic, uh, fantastic game. Thompson made 40 saves on 43 shots, 
Um, perfect five for five in the shootout, although Jake DeBrusque rang one off the post. Um, as soon as they got the first goal, Pasternak said everybody believed on the bench that they were going to tie it up. The fans were behind them. Great fight back. Couldn't get it done earlier than the shootout. And, uh, you know, there were chances, a tough one to swallow, but they didn't give up, which is certainly key. All right, going to take a quick break here and uh, talk about one of our sponsors. Coming up next, going to award the Big Bear of the Night and take a look at the Atlantic and Eastern Conference uh, playoff picture. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Now, I know a lot of you maybe been watching Home Alone already this season, and at Lockdown Bruins, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. Give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. Right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Bruins listeners 40% off a new security system. Do not put this off. They were named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report, third year in a row. And um, they offer 24 seven professional monitoring services that cost under $1 per day, less than half the price of traditional home security systems. With their top-rated app, you can stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm it, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to save big on... Our favorite security system, that's 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I mentioned that based on my eye test, the Bruin who stood out the most to me last night was Taylor Hall. He was four checking. Back checking, pocket picking, corner picking, and recorded one goal on four shots in uh, about 16 and a half minutes. He had a block as well, a takeaway. Uh, he, for me, was the top Bruin of the night, and I'm giving him uh, the Big Bear Award. Charlie McAvoy, very strong in the back end. He had five shots on goal, a couple hits, a couple blocks to go with an assist. Uh, the only Bruin with two points was Brad Marchand. He had six hits, two shots, a very strong game for him as well. Um, Marchand, of course, scored the goal that got the Bruins back on the right track, scoring uh, from Patrice Bergeron and Brandon Carlo. And he said that goal gave them hope. Uh, when you get down by three, they just keep pushing and starting to smell blood. And uh, that's how they feel in that room. With the amount of time they had left, uh, they had plenty of time to get back on the board. And you can never count this team out. That is um, 
been true since it was 4-1. It was true last night when it was 3-0. And anybody can step up on any given night. And uh, Bruins came oh so close to coming out with their 15th straight win at home. But it was lost in uh, the shootout. Bruce Cassidy was given a video tribute. And uh, you could see that he was visibly choked up behind the bench. He said he really appreciated it's that simple. Uh, he did what he could here to help the team win. Now it's back to Vegas to do what he can there. Um, Bessie making an appearance here on the podcast. Uh, Jeremy Swayman stayed in the net despite allowing those three goals. He finished with 21 saves on 24 shots. Uh, Montgomery said he was playing sound goaltending, gave up some breakaways, um, but important to keep him in there, try to keep a positive attitude, and uh, ultimately picked up the L, and his save percentage dropped back down to sub uh, 900, which is not great. Kind of surprised, actually, that... They went with Swayman in this one. Uh, I thought Allmark will get the call against uh, Vegas to wrap up this homestand, uh, but it was Allmark, and I would expect, uh, sorry, Swayman, and I would expect Allmark will get back in the net for Wednesday's game against uh, the Colorado Avalanche. The Bruins now embarking on a three-game road trip to Colorado, Arizona, and then Vegas on Sunday night. Now, with the loss, the Bruins still picked up a point. They're level with the New Jersey Devils atop the Eastern Conference at 41 points. Uh, They've played one fewer game, so they still have the advantage when it comes to point percentage. In the Atlantic Division, still a very healthy lead for the Bruins, and... uh, Starting to see a bit of separation from the top two teams, at least. The bottom six still fairly fairly tight, I guess. Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal, your bottom three teams, kind of as we suspected. Um, Florida, currently in fifth, 12, 9, and 4 with 28 points, a 560 point percentage. They trail the Detroit Red Wings, who are at 6.04 in terms of point percentage, 12, 7, and 5 record. I would expect those two teams will flip at some point and will have a similar top four and bottom four as we saw last season. Right now, the top three teams are kind of what we expected them to be. Tampa Bay Lightning won a couple games in a row here. They're uh, 15, 8, and 1, a 646 point percentage, a plus 9 goal differential. They are the third place team in the Atlantic uh, this week. Second place, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are five points back of the Bruins, but they've played two more games. Bruins with a big advantage when it comes to point percentage. Leafs down at 692. Again, the Bruins are at 854. The Bruins also 
have a huge lead when it comes to goal differential. They're at plus 43. The Maple Leafs are your next uh, closest team at plus 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, when it comes to uh, advanced stats, the Florida Panthers are the top shot attempt differential team in the Atlantic Division, followed by the Buffalo Sabres, the Ottawa Senators, and then our Boston Bruins. Uh, interesting right now that Tampa Bay, their 13th, Toronto, 17th. Um, when it comes to expected goals, five on five, that's looking at the quality of the shots being taken. The Bruins uh, sit second in the Atlantic behind Florida. This is why I'm a bit higher on Florida than they are in the standings. Their underlying numbers are really quite good. And uh, they're certainly a team to keep an eye out for in the Atlantic, especially with Anthony Duclair soon returning from injury. Patrick Hornfist was placed on LTIR, I believe, to make room for him. They won't have to make a trade uh, quite this soon. So that's how the Atlantic division shakes up after the Bruins fell to Bruce Cassidy's uh, Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday. Coming up after the break, going to take a look at the Atlantic Division, or sorry, the Eastern Conference picture as a whole, and uh, see who to keep an eye on in the overall race atop the East, as well as the wild card spots. Let's take a quick break here, and we'll be back with that. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So when you look at the Eastern Conference picture, there are four teams, three teams certainly, that are way down little chance of competing for a playoff spot. I know there's some hope in Ottawa after a couple of recent wins, but they're still uh, 15th in the conference in point percentage. Only Columbus is worse. Then you have Philadelphia, Buffalo, Washington. Those are the five teams under a 500 point percentage at the moment. There's a couple teams kind of closing in on the wildcard spot. You could count Washington, perhaps. They're three points back of the second wildcard team, which is Detroit, although they've played three more games than the Red Wings. The Canadians are three points back. Uh, those two teams probably not looking too great when it comes to getting back in the playoff picture. The Rangers <clears throat> at 29 points. And the Panthers at 28 points more likely to jump into the playoff picture. Although, uh, again, Detroit's only played 24 games, whereas the Rangers have played 27. The Panthers have played 25. The other wildcard team at the moment is the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are <clears throat> outside of the top three in the Metropolitan Division. 
the New York Islanders in third, Carolina Hurricanes in second. Again, in the Atlantic, the top three teams are Tampa in third, Toronto in second, and Boston in first. When it comes to point percentage, the top four in the conference right now, Boston, New Jersey, Toronto, Carolina, Tampa. New Jersey, next highest in terms of goal differential at plus 36 compared to Boston's plus 43. Boston continues to be tops in the league when it comes to PDO. That's shooting percentage plus save percentage, even despite the... um, you know, lackluster performance last night from Swayman. Their save percentage, 5-on-5, five five, is still tops in the NHL at 94.18. A 9.02 shooting percentage adds up to a 103.2 PDO. The expectation is that that will level off to about an even 100. You look at the 15-16 teams right now, 0 and even one for the Panthers and the Lightning. Does that mean the Bruins are due for some regression? Well, yes, they're not going to um, maintain an 854 point percentage all season long. Not likely to maintain a 940 save percentage at 5-on-5 all season long either. We saw a blip last night against Vegas, that first period. We've had an amazing start to the season for a couple weeks now about how, you know, perhaps some leaner days are coming. They're still a top team in the NHL without doubt. Um, kind of difficult to measure when you play Colorado without Landeskog, uh, Nachushkin. Uh, Bowen Byram out of the lineup. Uh, same with Vegas, Eichel, Peter Angelo out of the lineup. But at the same time, you still have to produce and take advantage of those situations when they present themselves. The Bruins last night did not take full advantage of the opportunity against Vegas. Disappointing when it comes on home ice. But overall, I'm not super worried about this team. They're always level-headed they have that experience in the room they're playing the long game here recognizing that it's a marathon and not a sprint and that they want to be successful when the games matter most and that will be in the postseason and this team without doubt has a legitimate shot at going very far in the postseason. When do the Bruins play the Devils, actually? That will be a very interesting game to watch. They play the Devils on December 23rd, so right before Christmas, Bruins at Devils, uh, and then again on December 28th. So that will be a very... uh, very interesting week around the holidays. The Bruins will be in Ottawa on December 27th. So they're having a back-to-back there on the holiday week, which might affect the second game of that. Anyways, 
On tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to preview the game against the Avalanche, uh, open up the mailbag to answer some of your questions. So please do send the van via Locked NHL Bruins uh, at ENC McLaren on Twitter or Instagram at me on the timeline. Send me a direct message. Either way, send in some questions for me to answer. Uh, same on the YouTube page. You can drop some questions in the comments. So, uh, yeah, overall, you know, not the best result last night. A very fun game to watch, especially the third period and in overtime. Uh, shootout's a bit of a coin flip. Jake DeBrusque could have ended it, but hit the post. Uh, not quite getting the uh, statement game against his old coach that he might have liked. But in the bigger picture, still picked up a point, heading out on the road, uh, playing very well still through this rough stretch of the schedule. That will now take them to Colorado, Arizona, and Vegas, which we'll talk about later on in the week. All right, friends, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. We'll talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins.